This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The Golden State Warriors remain the gold standard. They're the champs, but where will Nick have them on his way too early NBA tiers? So Kyrie appears to be on his way out of Brooklyn. Would the Nets be making a big mistake? Letting him go. We'll break that down from all angles. It's really just two angles. And with the NBA draft tomorrow night, we're going to focus in on potential number one overall pick, Chet Holmgren. Hi, everyone. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to First Things First. Jenna Wolf, Nick Wright. There's Chris Broussard. Oh, there's the happy man. It's Kevin Wilds. Your magic may be taking your guy, Chet. What do you think? Could that be a little pair, a little match for you, Kevin Wilds? You want to see that? Oh, it'll be a match made in heaven. Jenna, here's the tease. I am going to issue a blatant threat to the Orlando Magic if they make the wrong decision here. You might lose oh, my like support that. nationally. Oh, that was the threat. Wow. I like that. that. <laughs> yeah, it was a tease and a payoff. Wow. It was two things <laughs> in one. We're going to start in the NFL this morning. Hey, guys, guess who retired again? Not that former Patriot who's now back in Tampa, but this one. Future Hall of Famer Rob Gronkowski announcing his retirement yesterday for the second time. Remember, he retired back in 2018, and then he came back when Tom Brady asked him to. Well, now it appears he's done, unless Brady calls him again and asks him to come back. His agent, Drew Rosenhaus, texting Shefty this on yesterday. It would not surprise me if Tom Brady calls him during the season to come back. And if Rob answers the call, this is just my opinion. But I wouldn't be surprised if Rob comes back during this season or next season. Exactly. Nick is fired up about this. But Wilds, I got to start with you. Are you buying? Because you didn't buy that Brady was going to really be retired. Do you buy that Gronk is actually retired? Not really. I think there probably needs to be a new word for this. Instead of... Retirement, it's, it's kind of like retirement. Like, just try retirement. You play a little golf. You drink some <laughs> pina coladas. And they say, yeah, you know what I'd like? A couple million dollars in to win the Super Bowl. I think that's the road Rob Gronkowski is going down. At the same time, he did a little work for Fox early on. If, if Rob came back to the Fox family, that would be good for us. Because a lot of times, Jenna, we're on so early. When we put out asks for guys to come on, they're like, hey, do you want to do a segment? A lot of West Coast guys, it's like you got to wake up at 4.30. Lucky for us, Gronk's partying ways would still be up. So that I'd be into that. If you yeah. can get a guest in the <laughs> B-block, like, hey, Gronk, yet. can you do 4.45 sure. a.m.? It's like, yeah, I'll still be up. Let me grab a Red Bull. Uh, but here's why I don't totally think he's going to sit out, besides, obviously, uh, Drew Rosenhaus's text, uh, Nick. One, he literally told us in a barbershop in Tampa that he's going to make the Bucks sweat and then come back. Take a listen. <laughs> it's a very good chance. He's not going to leave radio on. Thank you, I think. I'll, I'll let him have a little scare. Oh, yeah? A couple months without me, and then, 
you know. It's, the bad feeling of the monkey. <laughs> he, he just did it to me for a couple of months. So like, yeah. <laughs> First of all, he's the best. So yeah, between Drew's text, that barbershop journalism, and the fact that we've seen people yeah. be effective coming back mid-season with Tom Brady. Remember A.B., we think about that Super Bowl year, Nick, of A.B. and Tom Brady really being in sync because they were living together, making each other breakfast. But it's yeah. actually A.B. didn't show up, I think, till week nine. So Gronk has had a lot of wear and tear on yeah. his body. He's played 34 games regular season in playoffs last two years, obviously won the Super Bowl. I think he's going to take a nice break, maybe join us for a couple segments okay. would be nice, and then go back, and if the Bucks are in contention, okay. rejoin the GOAT. All right, Here we I, go. it, listen, no, not fine. I have massive respect for Rob Gronkowski and affection for Rob Gronkowski. He is without question the greatest tight end in NFL history to not spend his career in the AFC West. There's no doubt about it, like that he is okay. the best of all those all right. I mean, Shannon, oh, oh, oh you want to disrespect <laughs> Shannon Sharp? Tony Gonzalez? Other Fox colleagues, my friend. Well, Travis Kelsey coming up that list. I'm just saying, it doesn't matter. He's one of the all-time greats. And he's a great quote, and he's a great teammate. I also think he's a man of integrity. And I don't think he's going to follow in Tom Brady's sham retirement footsteps. He said he's retired. I believe he's retired. I think this is different than 2018, when he truly did have to give his body a year off and didn't know what he was doing. And if he does, in fact, come back, Brew, I'm going to propose this as a rule across sports. You know how there's a five-year waiting period from when you actually retire to making the Hall of Fame? You get an extra year tacked on to that waiting period for every fake retirement. Because like so many things in <laughs> sports, the, you know, the, the patient zero of this scourge was, of course, your patron, St. Michael Jordan who made it okay for sham retirements. Oh, I'm quitting the sport. No, I'm back. I'm quitting the sport again. No, sham I'm back. Retirement. Guys, retirement is supposed to be retirement unless you're a boxer. Boxers are allowed to retire, unretire, <laughs> retire, unretire. Every other athlete, it used to be a rule. When you retire, you're done. There's a you're ceremony. Done. Sometimes there's a farewell tour. Now, the floodgates are opening to where guys say I'm retired and we're like, so when's he going to play next? I'm going to say never. He just told us he's retired. Oh. I trust Gronk. He's a man of integrity. Greatest non-AFC West tight end ever. No disrespect, Kellen Winslow. So there it is. I think he's done. All right, Nick. First of all, let me clear my name. All right. I am as objective <laughs> with name. Michael Jordan as I am with everybody else. All right, he's not my oh, patron saint. I, guess, I just call it like oh, I see I it, baby. That. Facts over feelings. Know you know that. how I roll. Uh -huh. All right, Jordan, yeah. LeBron, Steph, whoever. Yeah. All right, yeah, so sure. with Gronk, I'm surprised, Nick, that you are so definitive on this retirement. I get it. There are reasons to believe it. 33 years old, an old 33, right? An old 33. His body clearly isn't what it used to be. And even when he was in his prime. He was injured a lot. So he's not built to play 15 years. So there's reasons to believe it, but there are more reasons to not believe it. And I don't think it's a Tom Brady-like scam where he's, you know, Brady was obviously trying to get to Miami and that didn't work out. He never was going to retire. So I don't think it's that. But if you read between the lines, first, the first giveaway that made me skeptical was if this was a real retirement, 
You don't even mention the Patriots. I mean, I get it. You said your New England goodbyes, what, 2018, 2019, <laughs> when you retired. But if this was definitive, you, you at least give the Patriots a mention. You at least give them a line. That's all there is to it. And then the Drew Rosenhaus quote to Adam Schefter. Yeah. Obviously, Rosenhaus gave Schefter permission, at the very least, to, to tweet that. And at the worst, he pushed it on Schefter. Sure. Hey, called him up, tweet this. And if, if Rosenhaus, Gronkowski's agent, allowed Schefter to tweet it, then he got the okay from Gronk. So it seems like they're playing a big game, Wilds. So is he retired? Sure, I guess. But the door is so wide open, I can see his number 87 Buccaneers jersey hanging on his closet door waiting for him to put it back on. So here's my question, though, Wilds, that I would like, and maybe you can help me with. Why do this if it's not real? And you might say, well, why did other people do it? Gronk, when he retired the first time, didn't want to play that next year and was under contract. So he had to retire. That's why the Bucks had to trade for his rights. Tom Brady retired so he could get to another team and it blew up on him. Gronk is not under contract. If it's not real, but if, if, if he's like, eh, maybe I'm going to play, maybe not, why not do what Larry Fitzgerald did and just be like, eh, who knows? I, I don't. Did Larry Fitzgerald ever officially in the offseason announce his retirement? No, he no, just wasn't under contract. So what? So my question is this, Wilds: If he's planning on coming back, why send out this announcement? Why? What is what is the game? That's the part I can't understand. That's a it's a great question. I, I don't have the answer for that, but I, I think it's a smart question. I mean, yeah. I understand not wanting to go to OTAs in training camp, and you already know you're in sync it? with Tom Brady, so maybe you want to get through the hassle. So here's the other weird thing, Nick. I'll, I'll throw a theory out there yeah. because it's also based off of Drew's tweet. He said, later this year or next year, do you think, and this is, yeah. I'm going to throw your own theory back at you, that maybe he's not this too confident the in the Bucks. Yeah, you're like, meh, I don't know about this Bucks team. We, I, I, we were kind of locked and loaded before. Now I want, let me just sit on the sidelines. How you guys? You guys need me? Are we competing for a Super Bowl? We're going to be in the playoffs? No? Okay, I'll hang out. Maybe next year I'll come back. So maybe I'll yeah, posit that I, theory for you. I think that's in play, Jenna, but my, I will just go back it's to not he's not under contract. He doesn't have to show up to OTAs. He doesn't have. To show, in fact, he's not allowed to. I think they yeah, tell him, sir, know. you need to leave the premises. You don't work here. Like, you can't just be like, hey, guys, I'm here to practice. They're like, you got to sign a contract. So I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why he'd do this if he, if, if, unless it was legitimate. But also, I think, don't we all assume that he's already had conversations with Tom Brady? Tom Brady's going to say, either you may come yes. back, you may not. I don't think Brady's hearing that for the first time. Uh, all right, we're moving on. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. We got to talk about tomorrow's NBA draft. Should Chet Holmgren be a no brainer? For Orlando's number one pick, we discussed that and why Orlando is it is upon us. So who's going number one overall tomorrow night? Fox Bet has Auburn's Jabari Smith as the favorite. In second, you got Duke star Paolo Banchero, then Gonzaga's seven-foot phenom, and Kevin Wilds, all-time favorite player. Chet Holmgren going third. Chris Broussard, do you think Chet should go number one, though, overall? Well, let me start with this, Jenna. I really hope 
I mean, I hope for success for all these draft picks, but I really hope that Chet Holmgren becomes a great player, like a superstar, for two reasons. One, his he is unique. He's a seven-footer with handles like a guard and moves behind the back dribbles, between the legs, Hello. spin moves, things like that, off the dribble. He can legitimately shoot the three. He can. He's a great shot blocker. And even though his build is tiny, so tiny he makes Kevin Durant look burly, he's got a tough attitude. He doesn't back down. I like him. That's number one. Number two, I think it'd be great to have another great white American superstar in the league. We haven't had one in decades, unless you count Kevin Love's decades. little stint in Minnesota, but oh. they weren't winning anything. Oh, wow. Really, Keith since Van like John Stockton. Yeah, no, we didn't. Wow. So, Keith Van and Horn I covered Van Horn. He he looked Mike like Miller. he might be on his way, but that faded quickly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I would yeah. love to see Holmgren become like Not as great as he thinks invite. he can become. I love. You know I'm right, Nick. Let's keep it real. All right, nice little <laughs> players, but no yeah. superstar yeah. in a long time. That's so I right. think it'd You're be right. great. Go ahead. Sorry. But the magic should take J- Jabari Smith. Because he's more of a sure thing. Holmgren, I think, of the three, the top three guys, I think he has the highest ceiling, but he also is the biggest risk. Paolo and Jabari Smith, I think, are going to be very good. They could be stars as well. Jabari's athletic, 6'10", great three-point shooter, maybe the best in the draft, even though he's 6'10", uh, can defend, has is competitive, has a motor, Like, he's the guy I think they will take and they should take. But I hope it works out for Holmgren. I think he goes to the Oklahoma City, Nick. And we'll see if it pans out. Listen, I I would bet and potentially have bet a sizable amount of money. The top four of the draft is going to go Smith 1, Holmgren 2, Apollo 3, and Jaden Ivey 4. That's going to be your top four picks. I disagree with it because I wouldn't take Chet at 2 either. I wouldn't take him at one, I wouldn't take him at two, and I might take Ivy over him at three. And I want to make clear why. And I understand this is going to frustrate Wilds. I recommend everyone read the great Tim Keown article profile on Chet. Because it gives you a glimpse into his life, his upbringing, his character, and I really like the kid. He He put himself out in jeopardy during the racial justice protests. The one, if you remember, when the semi almost ran through the protesters, he was there as a seven-foot-tall kid, celebrity in the crowd, because he thought the thing was right. His family seems great. I, I like him. I just can't ever buy into biggest or smallest ever. It always concerns me. I, I they say We can rerun my take about Kyler Shaq. Murray when I said, I yep, don't you care. Did. You did Shaq, say that. What, Shaq, by the way, Shaq wasn't the biggest ever coming out of college. He wasn't. Shaq was, he had a body unlike his what body, we were used to. Right. But the, okay, so let me, let me, let me amend my but, take a little bit. Let me amend my take a little bit. I can't believe in smallest ever. Biggest ever, maybe you can sway me on. You're like, hey, I've got a goalie. He's eight foot six. I'm like, well, maybe that'll work. Like big tends to work in sports. Smallest ever is what concerns me. And thinnest is in that same category. 
And here's the other thing I learned in reading more about Chet. So his dad played college basketball, was a thin seven-footer whose knees gave out on him. He was 6'10 in ninth grade. So he's had a lot of time. He has been playing high-level basketball for almost a decade now, as the high level meaning the AAU circuit, along with Jalen Suggs and Jalen Suggs' dad. And he has tried to put on weight. I don't think he's not, it's that he's not working hard enough. He talks about how he lifts weights all the time. His trainer talks about it. His parents talk about the fact that he eats so much. It's a metabolism thing. And by the way, he comes from a bit of money and he's played big time basketball. So he's had some opportunities if he wanted to get his body together. And I think he did want to get his body together and he can't put on weight. And that concerns me. It concerned me with Kyler that he was going to be the shortest quarterback, essentially, other than Doug Flutie ever. I was like, I don't know if his body can hold up. And his body hasn't held up. And so it's not a character issue. It's not a work ethic issue, Wilds. I just don't think that will play as a star in the NBA. I just think he is too thin, and it's not for lack of trying, which actually is more concerning to me. All right, so I'm going to debunk that, and then I'm going to make a threat. So first, the debunking. Okay, okay. I under, it <laughs> seems to make threat. sense that we you don't like extremes. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to make it more severe. I, I understand the take about the extremes. But for, just for the record, Muggsy Bogues was 5'3 and had a perfectly fine career. Isaiah yeah, Thomas taken him is not one close to either. six feet, but and he was getting where? MVP votes. <laughs> Got hurt, but like small guys can succeed. About Chet. So I don't buy the injury concern. The only injury concern I have is if he artificially puts too much pressure on himself and starts gaining weight and has this body that is a little bit unnatural because he feels the need to put on weight. Man, just be yourself. We are in a time in the league where the floor is so spaced, you're not going up against Patrick Ewing. You're not going to be down on the block getting you know elbows in your chest. You're just not. So, so, But let me give this olive branch to you, Nick. If you were going to take a, you know, let's say an amendment to your take on extremes about, about having Chet be the skinniest, what if I told you this? You'd say, what would you need to, you know, give Chet a pass on your extreme take? And you're like, oh, well, he'd need to be able to shoot. I'm like, okay, Chet shoots 74% from twos, and he's a good three-point shooter. I expect him to be better. He'd need to be able to handle. Like Broussard said, he's got that spin move, can get to the lane. Oh, well, he would also need to play good defense. All right, he was fourth in the nation in blocks. He's got seven, four and a half wingspan. Sometimes I see seven, six. You never know about those wingspans. He'd have to be competitive. Okay, well, he cooked up Steph Curry uh, when he was 15 years old. Maybe he's like, ooh. And a few months ago, he said, who's the best player in the NBA? He said, me in a few months. Like, okay, you got that. Yeah. And then finally, you'd have to work with the team. You mentioned that he's been playing with Jalen Suggs since he was a kid, coached by Jalen Suggs' dad. Yeah. Now, now Jalen Suggs is on the magic. They're still talking to each other about the pace of the NBA. So you have built-in chemistry, right. just like I, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. It works for listen, the magic. I want, And that wild. is why, and Broussard, I know you said it's too risky. Oh, go ahead. But hold here. I, I said I was going to make my threat, and here it comes. Please. Orlando oh, Magic, man. listen to me now. I have been the only one calling you frisky. You rewarded me 
with one of the worst records in the league. Did I, <laughs> did I complain? Did I move? I moved off John Morant, and I stuck with you. Why? Because the <laughs> point was to get the number one pick. Don't I understood it that. when the only highlight we put on this show of the Magic was Kyrie Irving scoring 60 points. So here's the threat. If you do not draft Chet, I'm out. I'm gone. You guys go back to being a local oh, team. Wow. I'm out. I will not call you frisky anymore. <laughs> I'm out of here. I hope, I hope everyone does well, but that's the threat. I am gone. Wow. Out of here. I'm, I'm leaving. We, we can retire frisky that's magic. I will never threat. say it again. That Here's is a real threat, Wild. I, I'll give you credit. Wild, that's the first yeah. thing I've, I've heard you say on this show with your chest. Yeah, you said that Thank with you your chest. Sorry. You said that Thank with you. base. Congratulations. And, Nick, let me say this. Let me say this about Chet. Back when I thought I, I yeah. wanted to play Division I football and college, all that, mm-hmm. I tried to gain weight as a kid. And in high school and even college, and I couldn't Come hang out with all right? me. But as I got older, now I'm gaining too much weight. Chet will get, or oh, he's young, he's 20 years old. Can you give him a little time? He'll fill out a little bit. He'll fill out enough. He'll fill out enough to stay healthy in the league. God. Weight Dude, loss, weight gain, first things first. Uh, high stakes for tomorrow night's draft in Brooklyn. We'll be watching for you, buddy, Kevin Wilds. Uh, where will the world champion Warriors land on Nick's way-too-early NBA tiers? That's next. First things first. Back Nick. in. All right, tier time. we got to move on. The Golden State Warriors, they are your champs. They're also the last team to repeat as champs. They did it in 2017. They did it in 2018. Can they do it again? Can they make another run? Well, Nick's got the roadmap. He's got tears. Show and tell. Nick, what do you got? All right, let's get right to it. We will get to the bottom levels, teams that don't deserve their own tier name. Let's just reveal them. The bottom of the barrel, the Oklahoma City Ponzi scheme. At some point, you're going to want to try to win basketball games. That point ain't coming this year. There's Wilds, Frisky, Magic who are on alert. The Pistons, I actually think, could be fun to watch. I like Cade. And it pained me to put the Blazers and the Spurs down here because of the respect I have for Dame and Pop, but both of those teams are play-in at best. Okay, now to the teams that really matter or semi-matter. Eh, I guess. Bulls, Jazz, Hawks, Hornets. Bulls and Jazz are both going to be worse next year than they were this year, and this year they weren't good enough to win around. Hawks and Hornets, they'll be fine, but neither none of these teams have any shot at winning a playoff round. And, and sorry, Mr. Young, Trey's dad, I know you're a viewer and I know you're going to tweet at me. Sorry, it's not your son's fault. I like him. Team's not that good. Okay, next group on the upswing. Great young players on this team. I love Zion. Really like Brandon Ingram. Love Anthony Edwards. I'm okay with Carl Anthony Towns. Love Mobley. Really like Garland. And Scotty Barnes. I know he plays in Canada, but Scotty Barnes is awesome. One of these teams is going to be next year, this year's Grizzlies. The team that got like the little taste of the playoffs and then go like is a legitimate, I don't want to say contender, but has a chance to win a round or two. Okay. Next is the only tier that has one team. What do you want? And by what do you want, that's multi-level with the Lakers. To the Lakers, what do you want to be? Do you want to be the Lakers and try to win championships? Or do you want to rest on the fact that, oh, 
were the Lakers. Because quick little story for you, once upon a time, the Boston Celtics won 16 titles in 50 years. They have won one title in the last 35 years. Can go quick. Did you know, fun fact, Wilds, I was born, I'm 37 years old. The Boston Celtics have as many championships in my lifetime as the Kansas City Royals. You might think that's not accurate. It is accurate. I was born in 1984. That is a warning to the Lakers. It is not a blood right to be a birthright to be great every decade, even though you have been. You still have LeBron. You still have Anthony Davis. Make something happen. The other thing of what do you want to the audience? What 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 do you want from me? You want me to put LeBron further down? That's not happening, guys. All right, next championship upside. Need some tweaks, yeah, but I'm if everything falls right, you could get to a chi- you could get to the finals. Brooklyn's got a ton of questions, oh. but the answer to a lot Brooklyn, of it is uh, we have them Kevin. Love. Yeah, I'm giving it. Well, wow. let's see what they do. Listen, they, they as I've always said, Brew. What is the best okay. year for the Nets next year? And right now, we are talking about next year. <laughs> the Suns. What are you going to do with Aiton? Is Chris Paul going to be able to maintain? AR, or And did you guys just fall apart because of COVID, or was that just an odd leak? Where it's like, no, we weren't bad. We just totally broke all the NBA's COVID rules, and they could have infected the Mavericks, which could have cost the Mavericks the chance against the Warriors. Set that aside. Sixers, Harden, eh, I don't know, but you still have Embiid. The, the Nuggets, we got to see how healthy your two secondary pieces are, but you still have Jokic. And the Heat, Pat Riley's got something up his uh, trick up his sleeve they all if everything falls right to win the championship but now the six best teams in basketball title contenders this is self-explanatory the celtics the grizzlies they all proved this year that they are obvious title contenders as presently constituted they don't need to make any change like the teams beneath them might need to in order to potentially win the title. Boston should be better. The Grizzlies, one would hope, would be healthier. And the Warriors literally just won the title. Okay, the top three, potentially devastating. To me, these are far and away the two best teams in the Western Conference heading into next year. The Clippers and the Mavs. I already like the minor move the Mavs made, but they also have the best player in the conference who's only going to get better. And the Clippers trust their coach, I like some of the moves they've made depth-wise, and you gotta think Kawhi Leonard is gonna be the freshest any player's ever been after he's missed what's gonna end up being a year and a half with an injury some people come back from in nine months. So I actually, for the first time in my life, can say I believe in the Clippers. And then the overwhelming favorite, the team that would have coasted to a title this year if not for the Middleton injury, that employs I know this will surprise you. 27-year-old Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's still 27 and doesn't turn 28 until late December. He's only going to get better. They are the overwhelming favorites. There's the way-too-early tears. What'd you, did you eat a bad pear, Broussard? What's that look on your face? Got a heartburn. Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, I, look, Hubs, Keta. Can we change the name from Nick's way-too-early NBA tears? To Nick's way too wrong NBA team. This is egregious, oh. Nick. Right? Did, did you have you learned nothing? It was a week ago, a week ago, that the Golden State Warriors won the championship, and you, because I know how your tears work, you got them as the fourth best team in the West. 
in the no, West. I, I mean, I have they teams ahead of them in the there league. should be. It's not left to right. It's top to You've bottom. got the clear. Yeah. I know your little schemes. I know how it works. Even your if schemes. it doesn't go that way. <laughs> for them to not be the favorite is disrespectful. It's just flat out disrespectful. What? And nobody should be an overwhelming favorite. No one. Okay, no one should be an overwhelming favorite in the whole league. Wow. The Bucks aren't even the overwhelming favorite in the East. I'll give you a favorite, yes, but not overwhelming. Here's the thing. You mentioned Giannis is 27. Well, Drew Holiday's not. He's 32, entering his 14th year, coming off a postseason in which he That's shot 38%. Right. And Chris Middleton, your savior, coming off... Coming off one of his worst seasons, well, a down season, let's put it that way. A down season in which his field goal percentage and his three-point shooting percentage dropped significantly. And the two playoff games he did play before he injured his knee, he averaged 14 points. So that's the savior? I mean, again, I like the Bucks in the East above everybody else, but only slightly. So overwhelming favorite, no way. But to get to the Warriors, for you to disrespect them and put them behind the Clippers, who I do like, Dallas, Christian Wood. Really? You like them that much? No, it's, it's that not That much that they're definitely better Jr. than Golden State? What about Tim Hardaway Jr. coming back? Okay, Tim Hardaway Jr., shout out to Senior, but really? Yeah. Really? All right, so yeah, calm really. down. The, the Warriors should be much higher in Memphis. I'm not sure they're a contender yet. They're still very young. Ooh. But Gold Nick, Andrew Wiggins, you had a chance to come back from that tape. And you just no, keep digging I, down further and care. further. Andrew right. Wiggins is going to ball next year. Klay Thompson okay. is going to be better. Jordan Poole, who was killing it this year, is going to kill it next year. And then they got all the well, young boys. So Golden State should be the favorite. Not overwhelming favorite, but the favorite out of respect. And then the Bucks oh, under them. No, no, okay. Way That's too wrong, listen. Wilds. Way I just, too wrong. Just, just, just uh, very quickly here. First of all, one day Brew might believe in the Bucks. I don't know when that's going to be. He's going to be. He always says I like the Bucks too, but then refuses to pick them. Two years ago had the Nets. The this year had the Nets. Then had the Celtics. Just won't pick the Bucks. You, you all call him the favorite, but then you know you're going to hear that siren well, song from was Brooklyn I right with and the go Celtics? with them like you always do. Like what was that? But that was they were your second choice. You had the Nets. You had the Bucks like in the morass with the Bulls or some nonsense. That's first of all. Second of all, I'm glad to be able to say announce officially. I now. And the John Morant guy on the show. I thought it was Brew I know. after it was Wild. Yeah. But Brew no, just no, said no, no, no. they're not contenders. Yep. Oh, you cannot stay over John. there. No, 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 no. Stay no, no, over no. there. No. Someone send that to Ja. And then, <laughs> no, lastly, no, no. I got ja. Wild. Ja. Oh, well, then you might need to retract. You might need to retract, call him no. not a contender. It and was then a lastly, team wild. statement, not an individual. I should have made this clear. And maybe I didn't. These are the way too early NBA tiers for this upcoming season. So Brew's entire dissertation yeah, yeah. about who just won last season's championship means not nothing to me. It, it is not, yeah, it, no. Just because you won the title doesn't mean you go into the next season as the favorite. That's not how it works. So right. if it was, there'd be no reason for the segment.
Just be like, hey, print out the playoff bracket. That's the tiers. That's not yeah. how it works. Go ahead, Wild. Yeah, we need it. Okay. Uh, quick story. I don't keep my phone on vibrate or I don't have any alarms on it. I just have it sit there and I check it when I want to. But last night, my phone was sitting on the table and it started to vibrate like it was Jurassic Park when the T-Rex starts coming. Like, what is going on with this phone? It wanted me to check it. I pull it up and next thing you know, I go to Twitter and guess what I see? This video. Oh my gosh. Guess who is... Right through my phone and now into your home. Zion, looking great, throwing medicine balls, doing bench presses, throwing down dunks. You know what I thought? Ooh, when I saw this. Sneaky MVP candidate next year? Oh, it's too early. I don't know. Was Joss sneaky MVP candidate this year? Same thing with Zion. He's going to be healthy, going to come back, average 20 points. And who's he going to join that also averaged 20 points? Oh, guess who it is? Brandon Ingram. So Brandon Ingram did not just sort of come into his own as the silver lining of missing uh, Zion. This is my favorite clip from Brandon Ingram. It's when my guy, Jose Alvarado, signed his contract. Brandon Ingram, in a show of support, brought an old-school point-and-shoot camera and like, hey, let me capture this for all time. I'm not quite sure how it works. It doesn't matter. It's just good team camaraderie and leadership. And then finally, the third guy who averaged 24 points, I think, during the year, C.J. McCollum. So now you're going to come in to next year with three guys averaging 20 points. I understand Zion wasn't there, so maybe everyone goes down a little bit. I don't know. I think all three guys could average 20 points. CJ gives you that leadership. Jose Alvarado has got sort of I the like attitude. It. Brandon Ingram came Willie into his Green own. Too. Zion is a dark horse MVP candidate. Uh, Woo! Let's move him up. I might move him yeah. up to the championship You know outside. what? Wild. Little Western Conference. Unlike Bruce commentary, which was just a giant bucket of wrong, I agree with everything you said. Great takes by Wilds. Oh, I mean, listen, I, I can't, I can't Hi. elevate him to championship that, that, upside yet. But I think he did a great job because he understood the assignment. He understood it's about next year, not about what you did last year. Last time you uh, put your your eggs in Wilds' basket, you moved from Celtics to Warriors or Warriors to Celtics. Okay. Think about that. Ancient history. All right, no more talking about parking lots. What's going on with Kyrie? We'll discuss back after this. Inaugural USFL playoffs kick off this weekend on Fox as the Philadelphia Stars face off with the New Jersey Generals. All that for a berth in the title game from the Pro Football Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, Ohio. That's cool. The USFL playoffs Saturday, 3 Eastern, only on Fox. You are now entering the No Bull Zone, sponsored by Credible. Great rates, none of the bull, and we are talking Kyrie's future in Brooklyn. So, Conversations between Kyrie and the Nets about his future there at an impasse. So Kyrie is considering his options on the open market. Now, Fox Bet still has Brooklyn as the favorite to be Kyrie's team next season. But after the Nets, it goes Lakers, Knicks, and Clippers. Nick, this feels like it's going to get messy in Brooklyn. Are the Nets better off just giving Kyrie the max or letting him walk for nothing? Obviously, both of those options have massive limitations and drawbacks. But if those are the only two doors you can walk through, you simply must bite the bullet and pay him his money. Hope it works out, and if it doesn't, start shopping him. 
That's your only option. The, the, you have Kevin Durant at the tail end of his prime. You're in a massive market. You're a team that has spent a ton of money. The idea that you are going to t- willingly take a step backwards and go into next year where it's Durant plus whatever you get from Simmons, Seth Curry, and Joe Harris, it, it, willingly do that because you're afraid of what Kyrie's contract on the back end or even the middle part of it's going to do would be a total dereliction of duty by Sean Marks. You have one of the 15 greatest players in league history. Your charge is to win right now. He's not getting any younger. And as we saw in this postseason with respect to Durant, it's not, his game's not improving. He's just hoping to maintain. And so, Brew, a Kyrie walking out the door for nothing makes it a 0% chance the Nets can win the title next year. With Kyrie, I know you believe they could win the title next year. It's as simple as that. I know you do. You thought they could make the finals this year with nothing from Ben Simmons. They definitely could win the championship next year with Kyrie. I wouldn't pick it. I don't think you would pick it. But they could. Without him, they can't. So, yeah, it's not a great option. None of them are great options. But letting him walk for nothing, Brew, would be insane. Well, one thing we've learned, Nick, and you know this. I shouldn't say learn. It's just obvious. Team and organizational culture has a lot to do with winning the championship, right? Steph Curry and the culture he's led in Golden State. Tim Duncan and the culture he's led in uh, San Antonio. Miami's culture with LeBron and Wade there, and then since then they've always been good and in contention. I mean, culture's important. And if you give Kyrie – and look, here's what I think is going to happen. They're going to compromise. I think they don't want to give him a full five-year max – uh, he obviously wants some type of extension. I think it'll be like a three-year contract to, in total, fully guaranteed. I don't think he'll go for the incentives. I think it'll be like three years. That'll be the compromise. All right, but it, to answer Jenna's question directly, if it was five-year max or let him walk, I'm sorry, I'm letting him walk. And here's why. Culture, Nick. If I give Kyrie the five-year extension – I'm rewarding the bad behavior. All right. I'm reward. Now he, he's walked away from the team for a week for undisclosed reasons, family reasons or whatever. He's taken off time because there was a national disaster, January 6th, the insurrection. Those types of things. I mean, national tragedies are unfortunately happening somewhat regularly. So if you reward that and tell, kind of tell Kyrie, look, you're running things. We, we, you called our bluff. Your culture's going to be bad. And on top of that, like you said, he's 30 years old. You're not winning with him. Boston wasn't winning with him. They actually got better without him. And he hasn't really won significantly except when he's next to LeBron James. So I, I would not sign him to a five year max. I'm willing if next year works out, he comes in. It's about basketball, and he does his thing, and we go deep. Then, I, I don't know if you can, you know, I'll, I'll pay him for the future. But, Wilds, I would rather let Kyrie walk than I, than I would sign him to a five-year deal. And I'll get to it later, but he don't have many options anyway. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to throw it back to you, Broussard. Um, first of all, Kyrie is smart 
to just demand the five-year max because we've seen from right. Brooklyn's leadership that eventually yeah. they'll kind of fold. You had a good coach in Kenny Atkinson. You're like, nah, ship him out. All of a sudden, he's like a hot coaching commodity. You bring in Steve Nash because that's who Kevin Durant wanted. Then you had a decision like, hmm, let's bring in James Harden. That will work. Nah, let's ship out James Harden. Okay, all right, new plan. Kyrie's not going to play, remember? Nope, Kyrie, you're either all in or you're all out. We've decided as a team. You know what? We decided something different. So they have a history of flip-flopping. They don't draw lines in the sand. Or if they do, they're just kind of easily erased and then they draw another one. But here's the question. It's kind of an option C to you, Broussard. If If I'm Sean Marks and you're Kyrie, and I'm like, hey, man, I know you want the five-year max, but you played 103 games. And the max that, like, Joker got, he played 210 games. So don't you get it? Like, 103, 210, it's kind of hard for me to go to the CFO and be like, yeah, we paid him the same amount of money as a guy who played literally twice as many games. It, don't you think that that would land on receptive ears for Kyrie and be like, well, you do have a point. I did only play 46% of the games. Don't you think they'll meet in the middle because that's a reasonable argument from the net side of the table to, to Kyrie? I think I think Kyrie would be wise to look at it as a win-win, right? And, and, I, and he obviously is smart, but I'm not sure he would accept it. I, I think he will accept it because he wants to be in Brooklyn Kevin Durant is his guy, and they are a very good team that, if everything goes right, is in the championship mix. I think that's why he would stay. Not because he sees, you know what, you're right, I haven't been around. I don't think he'd see that. But, Nick, I want to throw this at you. Let me throw this at you, Nick, because you think he's just going to walk. To where? Detroit? San Antonio? Indiana? Portland? Orlando? The Knicks? saying the Knicks. The Knicks? You keep the saying Knicks, those other teams. First of all, let them, let them clear the cap room. <laughs> and if I'm the Knicks, I want Kyrie. I'll give you that because I'm going nowhere. I need some excitement. But I'm only want, I only want to give him the same deal as the Nets. Two, three years. Okay. If they give him four years max to not be – they're not going to be very good. They're going to be a playoff team at best. Okay. There, it's going to be the same old Knicks. He doesn't want to play guys, for you. He scorned you once before. He would only be going there because he wants to stay in Northeast and, and live in Jersey. Okay, That's the only reason he listen. was going to play for the Knicks. And he was unreliable for a team he wanted to play for. You think he's going to be I Mr. Reliable with, with no chance to, to win a ring no, in New York? No, I don't. I just think you guys are all of a sudden acting as if the NBA it operates under a perfectly logical egalitarian philosophy when it doesn't. There are not enough max talents for all the available max salary spots. And if I were Wilds, if I were Kyrie's representation, and you brought up Nikola Jokic, I'd say, oh, that's an interesting point. I bring up Michael Porter Jr., who has played 125 games in his career, and his team said... Five years, 176 million. That's how much we believe. The idea that you've got to be Jokic to get the max, you don't. So the Nets can let him walk out the door. It'll be it's a dangerous game of chicken they're playing. Sit for us. Stand strong. We're back tomorrow. Undisputed starts right now.